You're listening to a podcast from Meaning of Life TV. Nathan Extrand, good to see you. Good to see you. Um, welcome to everyone in the uh, Sophia audience, Blogging Heads TV, Meaning of Life TV. Uh, I am here with Nathan Extrand. Um, Nathan is visiting assistant professor at Fort Hayes State University. He's editor of the American Philosophical Association's blog, which is the way by which I know him primarily. Um, his main work, his main research right now is uh, centers around the question of how to conceive of revolution and resistance uh, without making, without uh, advocating for any particular uh, type of political state, um, which really sounds kind of interesting and not and not a standard not a standard topic. Um, Nathan, the occasion of our of our talking is um, an essay that you wrote that's now appeared um, both in the London School of Economics blog as well as on the American Philosophical Association's blog. Is it appeared anywhere else, Nathan? Uh, well, I got the Daily News to uh, link to it, and I've been trying to get other people to to mention it, but no, it hasn't been published anywhere else. Okay. Uh, it may be published somewhere else in the future, but that's still up in the air in some of the discussions I'm having. And the essay is entitled, Is It Time for the Humanities to Strike? By which he means go on strike, not strike like as in an airstrike. Um, yeah. And um, um, we did some talking behind the scenes, and Nathan approached me um, as we had been in communication. He published, uh, We published a piece of his at the Electric Agora and uh, I, I offered to talk with him about the piece. And so, Nathan, I think um, maybe the way to go about this is for you to summarize what the main po- what your main point was in writing the piece, and then maybe we can have a we can have a, a, a conversation about it. Sure. So the piece is meant to start a discussion. Um, as I realize, the idea is controversial, and um, that it's going to be something that will create, you know, some people who, I guess, really want to do it, some people who are going to be hesitant to do it, other people who will very much resist the idea. Uh, But I think the idea should be talked about. And so the piece is meant to put forth this idea and argue as to why it's necessary. And so the piece begins by laying out the uh, sort of crisis of the humanities, to borrow some other people's terms, um, by discussing how people are leaving the profession, less tenured back jobs, more adjuncts, you know, those sorts of things, but also then how the, um, the consensus view from what I found is that the humanities should stick around. And I linked to, I believe it's about eight or nine different newspapers that published editorials saying as much, including conservative ones. Uh, so it's not a partisan position by any means. Um, and then discussing why it seems that despite the consensus that we want the humanities, we still haven't found a good solution for it and still seeing cutbacks more or less across the board, um, and reaching the conclusion that it seems like it's probable that we are not able to find a good solution because not that many people know about the problem or are not fully aware of how significant the problem is, arguing thus as a conclusion that this really needs to be brought to the public's attention, 
uh, in a very, you know, significant and, and visceral way, uh, you know, what does a society without the humanities look like? And saying that maybe a strike would be the best way to do that um, because we, as uh, humanities professors and people who advocate for it, don't generally have access to uh, mass media. We have our blogs, we have our books and so on, but it's very difficult, uh, at least from the people I've talked to and in my own personal experience, to reach large numbers of people using those means and saying maybe the strike would be the most effective way. And just kind of concluding that um, we should consider this uh, and my view, uh, talk about it very seriously. Um, and then I wanted to see where it goes from there, uh, what people think about it. And that's sort of the state we're at right now. So let me just ask you a, a couple of things. I mean, one thing is, um, this, I must, is, this a, is this, are you primarily addressing this problem as it occurs in the sort of Anglophone universities. The reason I'm asking is, is that my impression is that um, the humanities uh, have more clout in Europe um, and are not quite in the uh, situation they're in in the U.S. and the U.K. Yeah, I was, when I wrote the piece, originally thinking really just about the U.S. Uh, in preparing the piece and submitting it to a couple different places, um, I got a request from the editor of the London School of Economics blog to make it more international focused. So I added the paragraph about what's going on in the UK. Uh, and then I had a paragraph about some other places in the world where it is a problem um, in, in different ways. So, you know, you have issues of humanities professors being uh, attacked, sometimes physically and um Latin American countries. I, I've been in contact with someone in Brazil recently who mm, uh, yes. talked about some of the yes. you know dangers uh, she faced because of the new president there. Yeah. So uh, Hungary, well, the, Hungary also, am I, if I'm correct, if yeah. I'm correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's written primarily for the U.S., but includes paragraphs that point to how this is a worldwide problem, um, although it manifests itself in different ways in different countries. It's just that I know that in countries like France, for example, um, mm -hmm. there's philosophy in high school. In other words, in other words, they and, and there, when you talk about philosophers or other sorts of humanists not getting airtime, and I, I'm under the impression that in at least yeah. in France, and I thought in Germany as well, that they have a bit more a more public uh, 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 visibility. Um, and I didn't think that um, the the problem was quite as bad there. Um, it does seem to me that the problem in a place like the U.S. and the U.K. Um, is of a different sort than the problem as it occurs in a place like Latin America. I mean, there, it seems to me the problem is much more political, right? It has, to, in the sense that it has to do with regimes seeing this kind of inquiry as as, as a threat. Whereas in the in the in the developed world in the West, it, stri it strikes me as being really a matter of. of 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 the the economics of the university of of the spending priorities having changed does that seem fair to you or I think it is fair. Um, although I would want to add a couple more points to that. That you know, there's a variety of ideologies that see the humanities as threats in the U.S., U.K. The um, the threat I point to primarily in the piece is one of uh, neoliberalism, economics, and 
sort of the economic value that the humanities have and that a lot of people, a lot of ideologies uh, see the humanities not providing much important economic value. In other parts of the world, I think you see um, the threat coming from maybe uh, sometimes the more nationalistic or um, authoritarian uh, ideology, and that would more or less be the reason why I think the humanities are under threat in Brazil, that there's a very strong nationalistic movement, and the person uh, in charge, Bolsonaro, of course, has a very uh, significantly authoritarian um, way of approaching politics, and I think, as you rightly point out, he does see humanities sort of that type of questioning that the humanities do as a threat to his ability to control and, and move the people of Brazil in the direction that he thinks they should be moved. Right, right. So I guess the, the, the two real questions are, well, I mean, there's more than two, but the two I can think of that would be maybe useful to address here um, is one, um, wh- why are you so sure that the contraction or the shrinking of the amount of humanistic learning that's going to be provided at our, at our higher education institutions. Why are you so sure that that's not well motivated? Um, um, or I guess that it's, you might think it's well motivated, but think it'll have a bad outcome, but whatever, however you think of it, that's question number one. And then question number two is, if you're if you if you are persuaded of that, then what, why do you think a strike is sort of the way to sort of go about about um, about doing this? So maybe we'll take them in order. Um, mm-hmm. Why? Here's something that I've said, um, and and I wonder what you think of it. Um, um, it was a fundamental mistake from day one to take the university as it existed now for centuries and turn it into an instrument of mass education. That the minute you did that, you were guaranteeing that it was going to go bust. It was not, it's, it's simply too expensive. Um, and most people after they get out of high school require some sort of professional training. They don't require an enormously expensive four year education with research, research app, you know, institutes and, and very highly educated scholars. And, um, you know, this used to be an education for um, essentially the elites. And um, it seems to me now what happened was we, we tried to turn this into a system of mass education. We found out we can't afford it. And so what's going to wind up happening is three-quarters of them are going to turn into essentially white-collar votex, and then the rest are going to be elite again. <laughs> um, and I guess what I'm wondering is, is why doesn't that arc sort of show that the thing was a mistake to begin with? Yeah, I mean, a couple thoughts come to mind. Um, the first is uh, whether or not it was possible to avoid turning into a um, system of mass higher education. You know, I can't remember some of the, the reading I did about this when I was in grad school, but I remember reading some arguments that said the only way the university could survive was to do that. But that's a little uh, beside the point. It, it's, I think, worth looking into. But the real sort of... Uh, um, more appropriate answer to your question that I would want to uh, put forth is the idea that uh, I don't think a healthy, uh, strong, robust uh, democratic society will be possible without having a liberal arts education 
uh, understood in a broad sense. And the argument for that comes for me primarily from my uh, studies of systems theory, which I use in my research and uh, in my dissertation and I'm currently working on in my... Can you talk a little uh, little bit about what that is? Because I am woefully ignorant of it and people in the audience may have no idea whatsoever. So could you explain what it is and then explain the relevance of it to what you're talking about? Sure. So systems theory examines how systems work, systems being defined very broadly as um, sort of uh, structures where you have at least two agents um, in most systems. You're going to have many, many more than that. And relationships that affect how the agents operate, what they do, how they act, and so forth. Uh, It uses a lot of mathematics because you need to project you know, plans about how agents will act. Uh, and it also uses, um, like, set theory, uh, nonlinear thinking in order to try to predict what will happen when systems adapt and change and um, modify themselves in relation or in reaction to things that happen both within them and externally to them. Uh, so, for instance, uh, systems theory has been used a lot recently with regard to the spread of diseases. What sort of actions will be effective in preventing the spread of diseases? Um, how do the diseases spread? How can make society um, uh, resilient to the spread of diseases? And um, that's actually how I first encountered it, because my mother, uh, she was working for NIH at the time, and uh, participating in this. And so she was reading about systems theory and we were talking about it. Um, What she was saying is kind of relevant to what I was saying in my dissertation. And um, I've just kind of taken it from there. But one of the things you learn about in systems theory is the importance of effective healthy systems in being resilient. That is, they can respond effectively to uh, events that threaten their own integrity. Uh, and in order to do that, you need to understand how different parts of the systems work uh, and what you can do to prevent threats or dangers to other parts of the system. And that is where I would make the argument that you need a liberal arts education. Uh, and when I say liberal arts, I don't just mean humanities, but I see their greatest threat coming there. So that's what I'm focused on in the piece. Yeah, you include um, mathematics as well and and and. Absolutely. Yes. Because I would say in order to do my job as a professor, I need to know what other people in other parts of my system, in this case society, are doing. Um, It may be the case that students need a stronger education in, let's say, quantum physics or string theory. And as a philosophy professor, it will be important for me to be able to Uh, teach the concepts that will help students to understand that down the line so they can play their role in society later on. Or um, if we are to have an effective society, I think it's useful for students to be able to understand the policies that the politicians are putting forth, uh, in which case I should spend some time teaching the philosophy relevant to understanding what's uh, behind, say, the um, Affordable Care Act or... Uh, the immigration policies that President Trump is putting forth right now. I think that all people in society need to be at least, you know, at least basically cognizant of what um, challenges are being faced by other parts of society so that they can play the role in effectively responding to dangers 
to the system. So I think it's useful for people, no matter what job they have, what role they play, to know what's going on in politics and academia, to at least be basically familiar with some of the concepts surrounding um, you know, political theory, economic theory. Uh, that's why I'm arguing for uh, a liberal education, a liberal arts education for everyone, so we have this general familiarity with how our system works, what sort of challenges it faces, and what people in different parts of the system would need to do to respond uh, to those threats. And I don't think a vocational education is going to provide that. Well, but then, but then it seems to me, rather than writing an essay about going on strike to protest and draw awareness to the shrinking um, humanities within the university seems to me the paper needs to be why either university education must be ubiquitous or why those without university education should not be allowed to vote in elections. Or, in other words, there seems to me to be a, a somewhat of a utopianism to what you're describing that doesn't sort of seem to me to really meet the, the facts on the ground. I mean, the facts on the ground are that, you know, l- large percentages of people never receive any university of educa- education. They're plumbers, they're electricians, they're roofers, they're, they're uh, grounds, groundskeepers, etc. Are you seriously suggesting that these people have to have this sort of education before they can participate as citizens in a democracy and exercise the franchise? Well, no, I, again, you're, you're more accurate in the first way you characterized my position, not the second way. I'm not arguing for uh, going back to some sort of elitism because my research would... Uh, of course not. I know you're That's not. pretty ineffective, too. Um, so you're saying... But I am arguing that course. society would be better off if we did educate these people in a more robust, resilient, way, or robust way that had a liberal arts background to it. And it is utopian in the sense that it's a long-term plan uh, for how I think society should move. Uh, the piece here is not meant to outline the totality of what I think the perfect system for society Fair is. Enough, of course. Just wait for my book to come out if you want to see some right, of that. Right. You read the rest uh, of my articles, is, which will be about these other things. Fair enough. No, I didn't. I don't yeah. mean. I don't mean it that way. I'm just trying to sort of push you in various ways. I guess. I guess I have a serious problem with the idea that somehow a waitress is a is a deficient voter relative to a college graduate. Um, I'm not sure I think that's true. I actually think I could make arguments that the opposite is the case. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, I've argued elsewhere that um, it's really interesting that all the worst people that did all the worst things to our country all had these really great liberal arts educations. Um, you know, I mean, the Ken Lays and the, the corporate shitheads and the, 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 the hedge fund guys and you know, all these people – a, I'm not convinced that it's as effective as you think it is for making people into wonderful citizens. And B, I'm not at all convinced that it's necessary for people to be decent, good, um, uh, responsible citizens. And I guess I don't see how you avoid the implication that there is something deficient, relatively speaking, about the cocktail waitress, Quay Voter, and the... Uh, the university graduate Quay voter, and I guess I would need to be sold on that a lot more beyond simply pointing towards abstract things that you think people ought to know, right? Um, um, I, I guess I don't see how you avoid some sort of implication like that, and I, I guess I just don't buy it. 
Sure. So, I mean, obviously, it, the best way of having this sort of discussion would be to provide more facts for either side, because um, I think in order to prove either case, we need some empirical evidence. Uh, this is a point where I actually found writing the articles be more than a little frustrating because I don't see a lot of empirical evidence being done to prove this. Mm. Another reason why I want to draw uh, the public's attention to it, because the empirical evidence showing the value of humanities is actually not as strong as I want it to be, which leaves, you know, people like you and me sort of, we have to speculate what the value of the humanities is. Or depend upon anecdotal sort of experiences. Um, So my, my uh, argument here, as I said, is drawn from systems theory and a study of how systems work. Now, no one has really uh, done empirical studies of society writ large with regard to how the humanities operate within that system. Um, so it's more that I'm taking concepts that were applicable and seem to be widespread in another field and trying to apply it to uh, this concept of seeing society as a similarly complex, adaptive, dynamic system. Um, now, with regard to your argument that Pachelwitches uh, are more deficient than, say, the Ken Lays, um, well, I, I thought that's it was really not exactly how I would phrase it. Go ahead. I thought it, I thought it was an. Imp- I thought it was. I, it would be hard to avoid that as an implication of what you're advocating say- on behalf of. What's deficient is people who are not attentive to the needs and concerns uh, of their society. A cocktail waitress could be perfectly attentive to that. Uh, You know, I've encountered people who never had a college education, but took it on themselves to inform themselves about uh, critical thinking, educated themselves, engaged with people who were trained in that sort of thing. Uh, and I would say they're more responsible than the people in positions of power who don't take the time to do that. So my argument really isn't for um, a higher education as such, but that you want people who are attentive to uh, the needs of society around them. And I do think that the school system, the university system, can play a vital role and should play a vital role in that. In fact, I don't see really any other institution that can play a similar role. The people that I'm pointing to, so who weren't um, college educated, who nevertheless are quite responsible, they took it upon themselves and were supported by their community uh, and by the people they encountered in pursuing that sort of responsibility. Um, I think, you know, highly of them, very, uh, you know, thrilled and honored to meet them at times and and to, um, you know, help them with their experiences and also to have them inform my own politics and my own experiences because it really is a a back and forth, not a one-way system. Um, But they kind of had to do that on their own. I think there should be mechanisms, processes, institutions in society that encourage that sort of behavior. And that's what I would like to see the university system do. And it, when it comes to people like, you know, the, the Wall Street hedge fund managers and so on, I actually think uh, 
the university system failed them because it created them as people who don't really have any sort of um, passion for understanding what other people in society go through, concern and care for the needs of other people in society. Uh, so in those situations, I would say they're, in a sense, just as efficient, if not more deficient, than uh, sort of the cocktail waitress yeah. who yeah. Uh, you know, has good intentions, perhaps, but doesn't have the information they need to make uh, responsible, reasoned decisions. Yeah, look, and this is this is something um, the audience should be aware that I'm actually talking to Nathan. Nathan's in China, um, and um, uh, so we're we're working with a very large time difference, and Nathan's time is limited. So to properly explore all of this would take far longer than we have, and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push it. Um, um, you know, one of the things I would want to sort of explore is the inference that. You know, for example, you know, learning ethics at a university makes you ethical, and and I I think that that just doesn't. I just not only do I think it doesn't follow. I think I think it would be very odd if if that actually was the case. Um, and that's something maybe we could talk about on another occasion because I'm hoping that we can have a follow up discussion on this. I'll only ask you one more thing along these lines before we talk about the strike. Why the strike? You think is a good remedy? And one more thing about the why the university. Um, Look, given the realities of the economics of the university, um, we're simply not going to ever have universal university education. It seems to me very unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, why? 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 Sh- if we accept everything you say about the value of these studies, why shouldn't we rather be exerting our efforts to try and? Um, have them play a far more prominent role in uh, primary education, primary and secondary education. In other words, uh, high school. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of of uh, Catholic education, which has quite a robust um, philosophical component to it. Um, um, I've been, I did some work in educational uh, philosophy a while back when I was in graduate school, and I did some actual site visits and stuff. I was really quite impressed by some of the Catholic school uh, curricula and um, and also the sort of the environment, the, dis- the, the, the disciplinary environment in terms which the teaching was done. If this is so important to citizenship in a democracy, why shouldn't it be at, delivered at the level where, the, where education is ubiquitous, and that's K through 12? Yeah, I actually agree with that point 100%. If you read the piece closely, uh, I'm not arguing for the university system as such. What I'm arguing for is the institution of the humanities and uh, a education in the humanities. Um, while I do enjoy the university system, I enjoy the environment of the university system, I enjoy my colleagues at universities and sort of the general attitude they have, that's not what I'm arguing for saving. What I'm arguing for saving is the institution of the humanities and education in that. If we could salvage it without... Uh, salvaging the in or university system as such, I don't really think I'd have a significant problem with that as long as the sort of the integrity of the humanities and a humanities education is maintained. So I'm actually all for putting humanities into the K through 12 uh, curriculum. I also think it would be worthwhile to spread humanities values and education outside the university system as well. Um, every so often I hear interesting ideas for uh, roles, philosophers, English professors, uh, 
you know, theologists could play outside the university system. And I actually believe that that would be an important role. I think it should be the case that more people, especially those who don't have access to a university education, still get to encounter the uh, humanities values, humanities mindset, and people who are trained in that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've, yeah, I mean, that, that's the main. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've argued, for, I've argued for something similar like to that myself, and that mm-hmm. that I feel like even within the academy, our role has gotten pretty narrow. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I like it. Go ahead. Even aside from all the issues of funding and cuts and yeah. all of that, even if the funding was everything was all there and everything was great, I feel like our role has gotten pretty narrow. Um, yeah. and I would like to see us a lot more. Uh, involved in sort of educating people in a more public, in a more public way. Um, but this is a, I mean, a good point then to segue. So if, if the issue is not saving humanities in the university per se, but saving the humanities or reemphasizing or re- reiterating or, or getting the public re interested in, then why the mechanism of a strike? I mean, that really does seem like to be something that would be designed to fix a problem in the university. That's certainly not going to produce a, a renaissance of high school philosophy teaching or, or whatever. So what is it you have in mind? Why the mechanism of the strike in light of what you've just been saying? So the strike was conceived of as a way of bringing the issue to the forefront of public deliberation as much as such a thing as possible. As I say in the piece, you know, there's other concerns. I don't mean to imply that we shouldn't think about climate change or uh, ending war, some of the humanitarian disasters in other parts of the world. Certainly those still deserve consideration. But I do think that the uh, threat of humanities education and the institution of the humanities as, you know, uh, a thing where people trained in this are involved in working with and helping the community, that needs to be saved. I don't see many options besides a strike, quite honestly. Um, The news seems quite reluctant to cover it. Again, when I was doing my research for this piece, the only uh, evidence or news coverage I could really find of it tended to be editorials where newspapers would say, they think it's important. And there would be some minor stories here and there and um, about policies that uh, certain uh, countries or uh, universities were including, but they never made it to the front page. They certainly, I couldn't find any uh, coverage of it in um, the cable news media. They don't seem to cover it or talk about it much at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, social media, where most people get their news, I don't think you're going to come across unless friends that you know are sharing it. So this is a way of trying to bring it to the public's attention, putting it out there uh, for the you know humanities professors. That's done primarily as a way, because I think these are the people most interested in it. Hopefully, uh, and again, I don't really know if this is going to happen, um, other people would become interested in it as well. There is some, you know, analogy or evidence that that might be the case because the University of Wisconsin Stevens Point, when the um, administration threatened to slash the community's budget there, it was true that the students got involved. And I'd be curious, although I really don't know 
what whether this could happen or not. If this issue is brought before the public and the public gets a chance to hear about it and think about it and decide their course of action, would some of them be interested in joining a strike uh, that is attempting to save the value of the humanities and a humanities education for society as a whole? Um, again, the to, to kind of bring it back to this question of the strike, I wrote the piece not because I was sure that a strike would work, but because I was sure that a discussion about it needs to happen among more people than just a small minority here and there. And I'm hoping that the piece starts the discussion um, and creates a more broad question of like, what role should the candies play? How can we uh, try to uh, um, encourage them in society among more than just uh, me and, you know, some people I know, but among hopefully humanities professors throughout society. And then if it gets enough publicity, and again, I'm sure this is, you know, me being idealistic, um, but maybe other people in society will want to get involved as well. I would actually want to hear their thoughts about what they would like to see happen with the humanities before any long-term uh, plans get finalized. Yeah, I mean, you're surely right that this is not really getting on to any major radar. I mean, look, even when our most publicly recognizable voices address this. So Martha Nussbaum wrote a whole book about this not that long ago. Um, and as far as I could tell, it got no attention at all. I mean, I mean, I barely heard any talk of it. Um, it's certainly, if she was, if she wound up being interviewed in some newspaper or something, maybe she, I'm sure she was somewhere, but I don't recall it ever gaining any traction or ever having any sort of effect. Um, you know, I'm, I'm of the inclination to say that strikes are best used for the purpose of obtaining very specific, tangible goals, right? A, a pay increase, uh, extended family leave time, you know, labor sort of related issues. The use of a strike to sort of draw awareness to an issue, I'm more dubious about, but that's a purely, a, that's purely a, str a strategic and tactical matter that you may not, may not be worth, you know, sort of batting back and forth. It's worth noting to the audience who will read the piece because it will be linked, um, that you do take a sort of an example from the Greta Thunberg, um, uh, environmental, uh, 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 strike, so to speak, which there, I mean, while there are specific policy outcomes, clearly the point of it is to sort of get people attention and get them talking. So are you sufficiently confident of this second, more amorphous use of a strike as opposed to the more traditional, very targeted specific of the efficacy of it for this sort of use? Because then I'm it's sort confident. of being, you know, being a stunt, doesn't it? Yeah. In a way? I'm confident that it's a possibility, not that it is a likelihood uh, because I honestly don't know. I have spent a lot of time studying social movements, and really the truth of the matter is no one knows what happens going into them, what they will do. Even the best predictions from some of the most informed uh, social scientists, political uh, scientists, and so on, have been drastically wrong when it comes to social movements throughout history. I think it's really 
dangerous and naive to make uh, predictions going in about what will happen. And in fact, if I could just, you know, give a belt on a little bit on a, of a soapbox for a moment, the comments I received so far in response to the piece, I mean, some have been um, supportive, some really like the idea. The ones that haven't liked the idea tend to be of the view that philosophers won't want to do this, humanities professors won't want to do it, that um, humanities professors, they're not going to give up a cushy check and, and join uh, adjuncts out in the street. Um, and my thought process is that I really don't know. You know, professors of the yeah, humanities... I don't know how What's that? How would they know that? Yeah, I don't know. It's we're a diverse group, I believe, and I certainly know some who would resist the whole idea of going out in the streets, but I know others who would relish the opportunity to advocate for the humanities with the public at large. So I'm really cautioning everyone who uh, hears this, who reads the piece, to take the time to share their view and listen to others. Uh, but to not approach the idea with uh, pre-made conclusions about what people in the humanities professions will say, because I don't know, I would imagine no one really does, and before we decide what to do, I want a discussion to happen. Um, um, when, something you said before sort of struck me, um, and I just want to see if I heard it correctly. Are you saying that social scientifically speaking, even at this point, we really don't know about the efficacy of strikes and the various sorts of, I'm a little surprised only because the labor movement now goes back enough time that I have to think that, that people have studied this in depth. Do we really not yeah. know what I'm speaking about social movements social movements as, as then social movements as a phenomenon uh, it's still very difficult to make predictions about what will happen in them you can make more narrow clear predictions about let's say the uh, importance of having a leader who uh, people can unite behind or having a clear message but now about the efficacy of uh, strikes, about how a uh, social movement will turn out in advance, uh, I've seen no evidence um, of that, of people being able to predict effectively how that will work. And you can just look at um, you know, election predictions as good examples of this. That you know, <laughs> I've, I've heard quite a few people talk about uh, how we shouldn't count out uh, some of the less well-known Democrats right now, because if you look back at 2016, at this point, everyone was under the impression Jeb Bush would have the presidential nomination in a lockup. And social movements can be just as unpredictable as presidential elections. So, yeah, I, I think it's difficult and next to impossible at the moment uh, to make clear predictions about what will happen to social movements. Narrower predictions, yes, are more possible, but um, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, there was, there's one more thing. I would, do you have time for me to ask you one more thing? I don't, I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, one more question, and then I'll probably need to get going. Yeah. Um, so this is the last thing I, ha I thought of when I read the piece, um, um, and that is the people and the, and the people in the places that you need to do the most work. Mm-hmm. 
have a pretty negative image of humanists already. In other words, aside from the uh, budget priority slash practical job after college concern, there is also quite a deal of uh, a, a good amount of ideological hostility. So I live in a in a very in a, in a red state. I live in a state with a very conservative state legislature. Um, it has a huge effect on my university because we're public. Um, and I guess what I'm wondering is the people you need to convince the most before you even get to the point of a strike, don't you need to first sort of rehabilitate the image of the humanities? Because these people are convinced that we're just all a bunch of seditious, atheistic. I'm not joking. Yeah, I, um, I know. I, I encountered the same thing. In other words, the strike presumes a sort of that there'd be a kind of a sympathetic reaction, but if you're the population you need to convince the most already want to be rid of all of you, all of us, it doesn't seem to me that a strike is a very good strategy. So what are you thinking about with regard to these more hostile populations, which is really where you need to do the most work? Yeah. Um, the strike is meant to raise the issue among the population at large. It's not meant to be the end of, uh, the discussion about the issue. In fact, um, I would want, and I would argue that evidence does show uh, that having a multi-tiered, multi-vectored sort of strategy would be most effective. Um, you know, where I'm living and working right now, I am in a community of highly Christian, highly evangelical conservative individuals. In fact, uh, there, the number of people who don't identify as evangelical Christians, I could count on one hand. Um, so I've had numerous conversations with them about sort of the value of higher education, the value of the humanities. What I think is most important to them is that we show that we take their concerns seriously and we listen to them. Now, you can't do that with a strike, but you can do that on, you know, more uh, informal uh, interactions. And I do think the university system and people within it do a poor job of actually listening to and taking the concerns of the population seriously. Uh, when I interact with people here, um, even though sometimes we disagree quite dramatically, for instance, on the topic of evolution, uh, I still, in my discussions, try to show I take their concerns seriously, think through what I like, what I don't like, where I can agree, where I don't agree, what, um, you know, some places they could look to maybe help um, them to think differently about the issue. I ask for sources they could give me uh, to help me think differently about the issue to show that we really do see these sorts of dialogues as um, interactive, and it's not meant to be just sort of like a, we're the university system, we're the professors, you should listen to what we say um, sort of interaction. And I think that does help, not in the sense of convincing them that we are correct, but convincing them that the people in it are not closed-minded, are not, um, you know, uninterested in their political views or, or just their views of any sort. Uh, so those sorts of interactions, I think, are necessary, too, to show that, well, 
you know, we do have the strike, we do have a position, we are also at the same time open to hearing their thoughts, engaging with them, um, considering what they need from us and what we can give to them, all for the purpose of creating a healthier society. Uh, and so that would be part of my um, larger political strategy with this strike, but of course it's a little outside the, the, um, the purview of the piece, which is why it's not in it. No, and, and I wasn't um, asking because I thought it should be in it. I just, yeah. you make it very clear that you by no means think a strike is sufficient to do what you need thinks needs to be done. It's one part of what you would say has to be a comprehensive approach to trying to rehabilitate and reintegrate and reemphasize the humanities within, within uh, our educational system. Um, and um, 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 so I appreciate that. Well, listen, um, I wish I had more of you um, and I hope maybe we can do it again. There's a whole bunch of things I'd love to ask you. Um, but right now it's important. I think that people read the piece and that we, that the word get out, you know, I, I, you're you're doing something important, and so it seems to me that that um 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 it should be it should be at least uh, uh, confronted, and um and so I want to thank you very much for approaching me with this, and um I hope I can talk to you again. I would love that, and thank you for the invitation to speak here, and uh, to all your listeners and, and readers of Lecture Higora. Um, as I said earlier in the piece, this is meant to start a discussion, not end one. Um, so I really am serious about listening to criticism from whoever gets a hold of the piece. You know, please do comment on it, send me emails, um, and so on. I will inform me going forward. And yeah, I just I, I look forward to seeing what people think and hearing how the discipline reacts. Great. All right. Well, you take care of yourself, and I hope to see you again soon. Yep. Take care. All right. Take care. Before you go, a quick message from the suits at Meaning of Life TV. Meaning of Life will always be free for you to watch and listen to, and we don't even go the NPR route of guilting you into donating during Pledge Week. But we do have a small request. If you enjoy Meaning of Life programming, rate and review us on iTunes. The iTunes algorithm weighs positive reviews heavily, so taking a few minutes to rate and review us will help more people find out about our shows. Also, of course, we encourage you to subscribe to our Twitter and Facebook feeds. Thank you.